0: Hi, this is Tony Mala, broadcasting again from Daytona Motor Speedway at the ASA Florida Foundations Training Event. You know, one of the great things about these types of regional events is you not only get to meet some shop owners, but you also get to meet some of the future technicians, students that are attending the event as well. And it is my pleasure at the moment to be speaking with Danielle Wampler, the Institutional Development Officer for J Tech Institute. Hi, Danielle.
1: Good morning.
0: And I also have with me Marcus Jenkins. Marcus, you're one of the instructors, I believe, at the Tech Institute, right? Yes, our lead automotive instructor. Excellent. Well, again, the reason I wanted to talk with you is, first of all, tell us a little bit about Tech. What is it? What does it do? And uh, how many students did they graduate?
1: Well, we're really happy to be here to share this information. Jones Technical Institute is our, our full name, and we go by Jtech. Mm-hmm. And we are a nonprofit trade school currently training in automotive technology, diesel technology, and commercial truck driving. And we are under the Compass Rose Foundation, which is a 101-year-old family foundation that has been training in the state of Florida for secondary and post-secondary education programs.
0: How long has it been around?
1: The foundation's been 101 years. Jones Tech is in Jacksonville, and we just celebrated five years in September.
0: Wow, that's excellent.
1: It is. It's very exciting to get to this, Mark.
0: It's nice. And you have some students here with you today, I believe, right? We do. How many?
1: We have 10 students. They are both a combination of automotive and diesel students in the program right now.
0: Were they invited by uh, ASA Florida to come to see to take some of the training? I mean, are they participating in the uh, training?
1: Right. We were um, contacted to participate, and they said they would like to sponsor 10 students. And so we began the process of determining which were the right 10 students to be in this program. There was you know, some logistics involved in coming down here and mm-hmm. weekends and work and families and that sort of thing.
0: And I assume you picked 10 of the best and the brightest?
1: Absolutely. They are over the moon to be here. They're very excited.
0: Excellent. Well, you know, one of the biggest concerns our industry has is finding the talent we need for today and tomorrow. I know it's been a common story that all of the trades are really suffering for a variety of reasons. The societal bias we seem to have against the trades is one of them, but the fact that parents, I don't think, understand exactly what the value of having a technical career could be. And in many cases, uh, you know, a, a technical certificate will actually provide a more secure and in some cases a better income than even some of the bachelor's degrees, right? Yes. Well,
1: Marcus can talk firsthand to that.
2: Yes. I mean, a bachelor's degree for us is our ASC certifications and our experience and what we can prove. You know, if we can go into a shop and they in a car with an electrical problem and we find a problem within, say, 30 minutes, it's official. We, mm-hmm. we know what we're doing. And you don't really find a lot of people, especially when we talk about electrical and automotive diagnostics or diagnostics, period, that's capable enough. And that's where we come in at. And we teach them more than, by, than just how the car works and parts. We teach them problem-solving skills, mm-hmm. certain techniques, and stuff like that that makes sense. Well,
0: you know, it's all about the diagnostics. and all um, about the diagnostics. It really is. Marcus, how long have you been an instructor? What was your background?
2: I've been an instructor for 10 years. I was in the military for three years. Um, After I got out, I moved to Atlanta, and I started working for CarMax, and I became an automotive apprentice Mm -hmm. under a guy named Craig. He trained me for about six months, and after that, they gave me a toolbox and a bay, and I was making some pretty good money. You know, Mm -hmm. I was doing basic stuff like brakes and tire rotations and stuff that I can handle, but as I progressed, I was doing more head gasket jobs and things like that. I moved to Dallas. And that's where I became an instructor. Mm-hmm. It just came out of nowhere, to be honest with you. I, didn't, I never thought about being an instructor. The president of a school called ATI called me up one day. He, he asked me, was I interested in being an instructor? I said, sure, I, I see what it's, what it's about. Uh-huh. I went there and, and the funny story is, they asked me one question, could I teach automatic transmissions? Me and the person I am, I said, sure. He said, good, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> right there on the spot. So, you know, like I said, I never knew what it was gonna be like. Until I started doing it, and what caught my attention was at a graduation when a student was walking across the stage, he um, shook my hand, but then he gave me a hug and said, I changed his life forever. And right then and there, I was hooked. And I love it. I love doing this.
0: You know, we talk about a shortage of automotive technicians, but frankly, one of the bigger concerns right now is a shortage of instructors like yourself. The average age for the automobile technician, last time I checked, was around 42, 43 years old. The average age of the instructors was 10 or 15 years older than that in some cases. And I know there's been a lot of concern as to how we're going to fill those ranks. How do you find today's students versus students from 10 years ago? We often hear about how the the millennials and, you know, Gen Xers and all are much more computer literate. Do you find that to be true? Right now, the younger students that come in, they are computer
2: savvy for the most part, but their researching skills is what needs to be worked on. I could teach them all day how to fix the cars, but you're only as strong as the resources and the information that you know. And a lot of time I try to teach them how to find certain information. We use pro-demand at our school, and we have to navigate through certain places. And I give them certain things that they won't learn just by reading. If you go to a certain tab that says specifications, you might not find that specifications within specification. It's crazy. So I tell them, look through the procedures. If they tell you how to do something, then they're probably gonna tell you how to f- the specifications. So it's a little stuff like that, that as an instructor and as an experienced instructor, I get to deliver it to them. That way they don't have to learn it for themselves when they get out there in the field. So they definitely need to be computer savvy when it comes to that because the information is at your
0: hands. You mentioned research skills, actually is even even more important I think than knowing, you know, your your technical knowledge to to be able to fix fix the vehicles these days. One of the biggest conversations we often have on the collision repair side of the industry is the use of OEM repair procedures, for example. You know, how do you how does the manufacturer say the car should be repaired? Yes. And sometimes finding those procedures is a challenge and individuals not being able to know how to research to get the information they need to repair the car is as critical to a successful repair as, again, having the actual knowledge to go ahead and do it. So Yes, it is. I'm not surprised to hear that, but I know even some of the students that I've met with, I sat on the Advisory Council of C.S. Monroe Technology Center when I was living in Virginia, mm-hmm. and it was gratifying to me to see the enthusiasm for those who made it into the program. But it was also a little distressing whenever I was talking to parents at how little they understood the value of a technical career. And Danielle, I'll come back to you with that. Is that one of the challenges that you find when you're talking to parents or even some, I guess, career guidance counselors along the way?
1: Absolutely. The Department of Education is not necessarily the friend to the trade schools and the career and the vocation world. So we have to do it on our own. We have to reach out into the community. We have a whole team that works in high school recruitment. Um, we're constantly out there trying to promote what the jobs look like, what the the real money looks like and a lot of parents still have this belief that we've been indoctrinated in believing that a four-year degree is the only path and and even parents will look at their own children and they barely got through high school and they think they should go on to college and if they didn't like sitting at a desk and writing a paper in high school they're probably not going to want to write an art history paper either so we have to you know, help the parents as much as the student understand yeah. this is a great path. When we partner our admissions team with employers who can talk about what a future looks like, what their tra- trajectory of career path is, what the real money is, the parents' eyebrows are like, hmm, maybe I wish I'd gone that path too. So it's, it's very enlightening and exciting to see both people become engaged in that.
0: One of the challenges that that education process you described is something that I know a couple of organizations within the industry are trying to address. Because in many ways, a technical certificate is a gateway to a much larger world. Uh, The the variety of of opportunities available, particularly in the automotive industry, most people don't really appreciate. Yeah. So, uh, Marcus, would you find that to be true?
2: It's very true. Because what a lot of people don't understand is, yeah, they come to school to, to become an automotive technician or a diesel technician but the stuff that they learn, it can branch them out into other aspects. I mean, electrical itself can take them to many different places. In today's cars, a lot of computer technology, the CAN-BUS system, that applies to a lot of other aspects. I mean, you can work in the medical field as a medical computer engineer, something of that nature. Not sure exactly what it's called, but they deal with certain things just like automotive deal with certain things if our students learn problem solving skills and diagnostics they can become anything that has to do with diagnosing automotive you deal with chemistry i wasn't big in chemistry in school but me teaching about chemistry and learning the different um, ways that the fuel cells are and things like that is very fascinating to me and because of that once you get it you start learning other things that has to do with chemistry and aerodynamics and you know I try to bring the the, the more serious aspects I, I tell the students you know at one point in time the cars was going 30 miles per hour mm-hmm. now they're going easily 150 miles per hour that's because all of the science that goes into it mm-hmm. it's a scientific thing and I like to consider myself a scientist because I like to know exactly how things are able to do what it's able to do like I went to the NHRA nationals last week and just watching those cars get up to 300 miles per hour in three seconds. I know about cars. I need to know how they do that. <laughs> and,
0: I, and I picked up a lot
2: just from that. I mean, just, it's amazing. And it's a lot
0: of science into it. And actually, truer words could never be spoken. The alignment of a vehicle involves geometry. Oh, yeah. The research necessary, again, communication skills, uh, you know, being able to get as much information from a customer that about what the problem is to be able to do the correct diagnosis. Call those soft skills. And is that something, Danielle, that uh, is emphasized in your program as well?
1: Right. At JTEC, it's not just a training certificate, they're going to come out with an occupational associate's degree. And to the point that Marcus was saying, there are general education classes, mm-hmm. so there is there is English, there is math, there is science as it pertains to the field, so they 're not writing that art history paper, but they do need to understand how to write how to write up warranty work, how to write up a diagnosis so that a, a consumer understands when you know a, a, an estimate's being handed to them and their eyeballs pop out of their head that it makes sense, right? So they are doing math, they are doing science. Critical thinking. Exactly. And when, when a parent, especially for a younger student who's coming in, understands they are getting a degree, that can make such a difference too. That person who thought they wanted their child to have a degree, this is a degree. This isn't just a certification, not to minimize what a certification or training program offers, but this is the starting point. And I think what's really interesting is anyone who goes in the trades, they have to continue to learn. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is not just yes. today to pass. In this field, those ASC classes and OEM, I mean, it's constant. Someone who comes out with a bachelor's degree in marketing may never go back to school. That's one time. So to ever minimize the amount of skill level and training and ongoing education in an evolving world of technology, this is it.
0: Well, automotive technology has been advancing at a breathtaking rate. And if you think about the difference between a vehicle from even the 70s or 80s to what we have now, that's in the space of one career. And it's amazing that the current crop of technicians who are working on vehicles the seasoned veterans that are out there have been able to adapt to this type of technology but it does require lifelong learning and that is something that I know I've spoken often about when I'm addressing parents or any you know Anyone at a career event, guidance counselors or it's like you taught them how to make fire all of a sudden, you know, they didn't realize. But I think the challenge uh, has always been the perception of what the career is really like in the industry. And most of that's not true anymore. I know, Marcus, you had, you had touched on it earlier from a practical perspective, an individual graduating with a, with a degree from some of the automotive training centers, especially if they take, you know, get involved in some of the manufacturer courses that, that give them specific factory training. With probably another eighteen months of training, they could be an actual network engineer. Yes, and that's where the competition for the talent lies, and that I think is why there's so much concern in the industry about where we're going to find the students we need. If a they're not, uh, you know, being informed about the value of a technical career, and b they don't understand the commitment necessary to be successful in the career, those that do seem to do very well. But I think the vast majority of individuals out there and the top influencers, Daniel, I think you agree, are still gonna be their parents. And secondarily probably the guidance counselors, but they just don't really appreciate how different it is from what their perceptions are. Right. Right.
1: And that's certainly applicable to people coming out of high school. But yet JTEC, we have students of all ages. Thirty to thirty five percent of our student base are military coming out on the GI Bill. They may be a first-term student, but they are not a first-term inexperienced student. They have a life of, of experience and career already behind them, and they're taking that GI Bill and moving them to the civilian world, and they bring a whole nother level of skill sets for a future employer. And then it's amazing how many people are making a midlife change of career. Those stories are endless to me. We've had nurses come in to become commercial truck drivers. We've had people in the real estate business to become a technician to work on trucks. Those parts of our day are mind-blowing, and, and they see they can accomplish something. At the end of an eight-hour day, they can see what they did. Mm-hmm. You know, And sometimes you sit in that cubicle in corporate America, and you can work eight hours, and you're not really sure what you did at the end of the day.
0: It's a different world. The fact that you mentioned you have a mix of age groups in the uh, in the training is something we're seeing. There has been a lot of interest, I know, on the Hire the Veterans programs. And by the way, thank you for your service, Marcus. I've said that already. You're welcome. But the, I think it's, it's the combination of effort, really, is what we need in the industry. And, and uh, certainly, the two of you have uh, added to that body of effort, and we really do appreciate it. So
1: It's very rewarding in every level, every day. I love it, yeah.
0: Well, Marcus Danielle, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Uh, I, we could go on for hours here. Oh, yeah. That's and, for sure. Um, thank you. Uh, I appreciate Thanks it. To Tony. We love it. Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you. you in the show. All right.
2: Thanks, yes, sir.
1: Thank you. Take
0: care.